Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, patrons of the Media Podcast. This episode is dedicated to you. Without your voluntary subscriptions, we wouldn't have been able to plan this show where we come up to Edinburgh, that costs money, or any of our other big specials this year. So thank you very much. Uh, Also, big thanks to Media Masters, our sponsors. You'll find out who's on their show later. Hello and welcome to the Media Podcast, I'm Ollie Mann. On today's show, it is the Edinburgh International Television Festival, our annual trip north of the border to the TV industry's Chatathon, with sessions from top telly talent, screenings of exciting new shows, and a few remakes as well. Uh, plus the keynote McTaggart Lecture, this year provided by Vice's Shane Smith. What will a room of UK execs make of this brash Canadian upstart? Have they begun to address his most burning issue, which is how to bring young people back to TV? And what will the delegates make of a media quiz hastily pasted from a hundred press releases? All these questions answered on today's media podcast. And joining me at the Edinburgh International Television Festival, a stone's throw from a smoothie stall sponsored by a high-profile video streaming service is the journalist and broadcaster Tom Latcham. Hello, Tom. Hello, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yes, you can hear in my voice I'm a little bit hoarse. Were you out last night as well? No, of course I wasn't. I was at home preparing for my appearance on the media podcast. (laughs) I was in bed tucked up by about 10 or 11. Yes, research is vital. Um, You usually are writing for The Sun or presenting on Talk Sport. Neither things necessarily you would think are associated with telly so what is it that keeps you coming back here every year uh, the free dinners from channel 4 this is your holiday isn't it, it I've, is, I've been it, looking it, at your it, Twitter and Facebook this, uh, you so I used to, to do um, the t- I was a TV editor of the News of the World right, okay. so I would come up here for that and I always had such a lovely time it's good, and it? I come here and I don't have to pay 500 quid because I'm still a journalist so I come and I just sort of mince around the, the, the sessions and then go and see some comedy and uh, just have a lovely time and Channel 4 do invite me for dinners but none of the others do these days I'm not important oh. enough but it's nice that, that Channel 4 I will say again fantastic best channel in fact as proven by uh, the, the awards this year. The, the beauty of a legacy press list. Uh, and next to Tom is the entertainment director of Heat magazine. It is Boyd Hilton. Hello, Hello. Boyd. Hello. Hello. You Hi. are Mr. Session. Yeah. Uh, that's yep. your nickname Bring anyway, outside yep. of Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but what have you been doing this year? Oh, God, what haven't I been doing? Yeah, someone did come up to me last night at the, uh, at the uh, rather lovely Sky press dinner, Tom. Uh, you I wouldn't know. There. No. no, where they had, but unbelievably, they had a whiskey tasting, right? Uh-huh. And now, can I just say, first of whiskey, it's different to a wine tasting. You don't spit it out. Right. You consume the whiskey. So just think about that for a minute. Um, uh, How, are you feeling? To, How are you feeling after all your whiskeys? There's a lot of whiskey. Really? Yeah. Uh, this, someone came up to me and said, 
are you hosting every session? Which I thought was a, was a, was a depressing thought. I've got to stop. A bit confrontational. I know, it was a bit confrontational. I mean, who doesn't it? like more Boyd Thanks, Hilton mate. in their lives? Thanks, yeah. yeah I mean, no, certainly, I Tom yeah. and I as professional presenters, like we don't resent the fact that you... Yeah, everyone would. Then it might mean I'd get to host yeah. one. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boyd, can I have one of your sessions, please? Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah. So, okay, so what have you been, who have you been talking to this year? I did um, two screenings um, of BBC Comedy's Porridge. What's um, it like? It's all right. It's fine. It's good. I enjoyed it. Genuinely, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Fine. No, no, it's good. It's actually good. Sorry. <laughs> Better than fine. It's good. And then people just do nothing, which is the funniest thing on TV, as any fool know. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a, a screening of episode five of that and Q&As with the, with the stars afterwards of both. Unfortunately, there was hardly anyone there either, because the first one kind of clashed with them at Taggart, so that was badly scheduled. Not even a go at the, at the organising committee, but, you know, mm-hmm. let's have a think about that next year. And the second one, they, people can pay to go and see both of the screenings, like members of the public, but they're, they're, I think they're 15 quid the tickets now. I mean, you know, even for, for a half-hour mm. sitcom and a Q&A hosted by me, that's quite a lot. And the... Um, the Q&A <laughs> pays for itself, though, really. Well, <laughs> right. Um, by the way, don't get paid. Let's just to say that. <laughs> and um, yesterday I hosted the prestigious Walking Dead session. Now, that, now, uh, now you, you can remove the irony from this. Yes. That, that actually is prestigious. It is prestigious. That is the biggest TV show in the world. Did exactly. you know that, Tom Latcham? I did not know that. Yes. Walking, tell us about Fact. The Walking Dead, because some people Walking listen to this, Dead. never seen it gets higher ratings than Game of Thrones than America's Got Talent or wherever the current big talent show is in America Um, and it is literally it's on in 125 countries and in most of them it's kind of up there top rated as well but it is the biggest TV show in the world officially and it's an incredible story why is it not so big in the UK because it really isn't well it's shown on the Fox channel here which with all due respect to the Fox channel isn't you know isn't a channel that Everyone knows, you know, I think. I mean, a lot of people have got it, but it's, it's by far their biggest show, by the way. And, um, you know, like, it gets, I think, about 40% ratings even last season, the one before here. So it's still huge here for the Fox Channel, but obviously it's not, it's not in America, it's on AMC, which is the place where Breaking Bad is there not a thought, and Mad Men Is was. there not a thought then that it might be acquired? I mean, in this, well, in this age where everyone seems yeah. to be just doing acquisitions, I mean, is there a point it where it has they been on might, Channel 5, I think, it. in the past? Right. It has been on various other different channels. Um, but it's now Fox's kind of... It's their, it's their um, diamond of a show. It's their flagship right. show. Yeah. But the, the, it's run by the executive producer. It's Gail Ann Hurd, who is a legendary Hollywood producer. She produced Terminator, Aliens, um, Armageddon. She was married to James Cameron. And she was married to Brian De Palma, two of the greatest directors ever. And she's like this absolute god of producing. So basically, they work really, really hard on it. And it's difficult, but amazing. It's interesting. I'm just looking at the Twitter feed for the Edinburgh TV Festival. Um, the things that have had the most retweets are people taking pictures, basically selfies, with the cast of The Walking Dead. That appears to be the exact. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, you, that's how you can tell, isn't it? So that's obviously the stuff that's get, reaching out beyond yeah. Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, who have you seen around that actually sort of makes your heart flutter, Tom? You're a, you're a cynical old hack. <laughs> who do you get excited by? Well, actually, uh, and this might well feed in something else, it's Nicola Adams. And I interviewed oh, yeah. her yesterday. She's, of course, the double Olympic uh, gold winning boxer, um, the first female to ever retain a boxing uh, medal and the first Brit, Brit boxer I think in 92 years to retain their medal and she came as a surprise visit I think they weren't expecting her to, to come but they managed to get her for the BT session and I interviewed her beforehand I was a fanboy a uh, big fanboy and my girlfriend always takes the mickey out of me for being such a fanboy of Nicola Adams um, not the best interview, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but nevertheless, no, uh, it hasn't Was made it me any your, less your of a fanboy. Your fault or her fault? Probably a bit of both, uh, actually. Okay. 
Well, I, in fairness to sports people, you know, that's not what they do, is it, talk? I sometimes yeah, think, you know, hard, it, when, when they come up to these sessions and people do expect to be entertained mm. by them, it's like yeah. that's possibly a reach too far. I was starstruck when I saw Robbie Savage arrive at the conference centre at the same time as me yesterday. Oh, he, had, he had a white jumper draped around his shoulders. I bet it was a quality jumper Classic. as well. He also yeah. had the same haircut as Nicola Adams. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it was good to see that massive doof in real life, though. Uh, now, I, Boyd, I know that you're going to want to rant about the McTaggart. That oh, is God, a tradition. Yeah, always. I mean, it's, I should mention this is your third year, consecutive year. Oh, is it? On the Media Podcast the media TV podcast. special. 15th year at this bloody festival. Yeah, well, we're, <laughs> we're, you're, you're, you've been booked for your McTaggart rant. Right, So okay. we're looking I'm forward ready. to it, but you're, you're not allowed to do it yet. Okay, fine. We'll get on to the McTaggart in part two, yeah. uh, which was hosted, uh, Media Podcast listeners, by Shane Smith of Vice. We'll talk about that. But let's just talk about the issue of media for young people, because that just by virtue of him doing the McTaggart became one of the trends and one of the talking points of the festival. So without mentioning you know who, yeah. what else have you seen around that issue that's got oh, you thinking? God, you're testing me there. Oh God, it's hard not to go to that because of course I've to sessions like Jay Hunt's controller session, um, where obviously that's quite important and she was talking about, you know, E4 is doing really well. Partly, I guess, because BBC Three is no longer actually on TV. But um, what didn't I read today that E4's like the average review is forty-two or something? I'm sure. Oh, really? was I'm sure the, I read that today. Maybe I'm oh, making it up or imagining it. But all those, all those perverted Hollyoaks. But, but TV is is, <laughs> is 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 for old people ultimately, isn't it? That's well, yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of people talking about you know people watching YouTube and it's all about YouTube stars and you know. I mean, my friend Ben Winston, who's in the session right now, talking about the fact that his Late Late Show with James Corden gets over a billion views on YouTube and of mm. course Carpool Karaoke is a YouTube phenomenon and actually ratings um, for that show are kind of irrelevant you know in America it's all about the interaction with YouTube because all the young kids are watching the content that way but my theory is that once you get to 30 no matter in, in every point in the future everyone getting to 30 is going to give up this bloody YouTube thing and watching content online again sit there in front of their huge TVs watching TV I'm not, like sure. We always have. I'm not sure how true that is and can I also say by the way interestingly without referring to you know who uh, who likes to big up how great they are on social media uh, vice channel 4's got more facebook likes for instance their you know some of their videos are watched by huge numbers of people and that is a linear program doing stuff well online yeah I, mean, I went to the digital session I can't remember exactly what it was called it was hosted by Emma Hardy of Princess Productions and it was about how to integrate lessons from YouTube into telly basically yeah. and William Van Rest from ITV sort of calmly but you know quite belligerently kept making the same point which is everyone's basically everyone's talking about Zoella but look how many likes this morning has on Facebook mm. that was yeah, essentially he's, right. Saying, he's absolutely right Jeremy Kyle's bigger than yeah. Marcus and, and also the other thing is about the whole Zoella thing is that 12, 13, 14 year olds fall in love with them, her and other people of that ilk. But then, literally, two years later, they're over it and they kind of can't stand it and they don't want to go anywhere near it and they're slightly embarrassed about it the way I might have been embarrassed about loving Duran Duran. You know, in the 80s, of course, I'm back loving them now. But, um, you know, you can't, I think people get. get I mean, it sounds really patronising, but I genuinely think you, you, when people grow up, they will be watching linear TV. And, also, and there's a reason why Vice are launching a TV channel. And also the uh, the video that's most liked on Channel 4 uh, this year is, is, a, is about Aleppo. So it mm. does show that people are watching yeah. serious stuff that isn't about Zoella doing makeup online. What do we think about the fact that the sponsors of the show this year are BT yeah. and YouTube? I mean, they are not traditional broadcasters. No. It's interesting. Well, the media got him obviously haven't got any money, have they? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah, so that's what true. does that tell us then? I mean, is there now an acceptance that even though what you've just said may be true, that people kind of graduate onto watching ITV yeah. after they've been watching Marcus Butler, 
is there now an acceptance that YouTube is a, essentially a TV company and it's all part of the same mix? I think it's probably good for them to have that, to sponsor it and have that kind of presence and and for them to feel they're part of the TV landscape, which they are, in a way. But I think they're getting that out of it, in a way. You know, it makes sense for them to sponsor the two festivals. I think they, they, I think they do aspire to. For everything I read and hear about them, they're aspiring to being taken as seriously in terms of content, that horrible word, as the existing dinosaurs of, of linear TV. And maybe they are, and maybe they carry on. But, I still th- but it's the theory that the kids aren't into TV that I would fight against, absolutely. And in fact, you know, they kind of lie about it. I mean, loads of them are watching TV still. They, you know, EastEnders is still watched by millions and millions of young people, for example. And um, they will definitely watch even more TV once they get older. Just let's do a bit of truth talking, Tom Latcham, about YouTube. Mm. How much YouTube do you actually really watch? Because it seemed to me, we're, we're a similar sort of age, right? Yeah. I used to encounter YouTube all the time on Facebook. My mm. friends were recommending videos. Then Facebook changed the algorithm and prioritised Facebook I, video. I'm the wrong person to talk to because I basically, I've just started DJing, so I spent my entire life on YouTube ripping off old happy hardcore records and uh, <laughs> so I can mix them. So uh, I Niche. spend quite a lot of time on YouTube, but I'm not representative of anybody else beyond someone who's just got into DJing happy hardcore in their 30s. Something Emily Bell would never say. Um, <laughs> it's been a quieter session for news this year. Now, mm. that might be because there aren't the politicians here this year and that might be because there isn't charter renewal and we've just had an election um, what do you think? I think there's certainly less um, for the tabloids and as someone who has historically worked in tabloids that is what I would use as a barometer of news of course um, I, I, the high minded stuff doesn't really do it for me and there hasn't been a soap session this year for instance there hasn't been a session about last year they had one with Ross Kemp Stacey Dooley and others like that you know tabloid figures they haven't really had that this year and look and I don't know what somebody who like Boyd who is interested more in the machinations of television and, and the trends and all that sort of stuff would make whether, whether it's been a fulsome uh, conference for them for me I've actually found it there hasn't been a lot in it for me I've found it quite boring a lot of it and and, and it's, such, it's a shame because it's such a great thing and I am interested it just has to appeal to many different people. Well, I'm curious, what is a great tabloid story to come out of a TV festival, then, if you think back over the last 10 years? Well, I mean, to be fair, look, you've got to say Andy Wilman was a great session. Um, getting right. Andy so Wilman, who, of course, is the... of the Grand Tour. The Grand Tour. Um, years, that was a good session. It was... I, I felt that he wasn't grilled enough, actually. Uh, the whole fact that he'd... Um, he punched a uh, junior producer. Andy not Andy. Uh, right. Sorry, Jeremy should say Jeremy Clarkson punched a, yeah. a producer. And Andy Wilman really didn't do a great deal about it seemingly um, and, and, and it was all sort of swept under the carpet sort of oh jolly ha ah, you know whatever but it's actually it's not okay to punch a junior producer and call him an Irish whatever that's not alright and I felt that it's sort of brushed under the carpet because because he makes a good car show and, and, I, and I don't think that's acceptable and I don't think he was pushed on that enough um, the, the McTaggart we'll come to later uh, I didn't think that that was particularly rig- uh, rigorous journalistically by Jay Hunt either well okay so let's talk about presenters then um, because as you say there's actually been a conscious effort this year uh, to get everything either presented by Boyd Hilton uh. Uh, <laughs> well this is the problem isn't it this is why it's not journalistic enough definitely or, not rigorous or by peers in the TV industry mm-hmm. and actually on the one hand I sort of applaud that because I remember coming a few years ago and seeing a few too many yeah. doing sort of confrontational kind of yeah. yeah but you're a bit of a dick aren't you type <laughs> yeah. interviews yeah. and I remember thinking oh come on like the, mm. the people from the TV industry they paid 700 quid to see this person they're going to pitch to talk right. they just want a warm conversation that has a few 
too confrontational. Element. I think there's a balance to be struck, and I think the balance has been too it's gone too, too cosy this yeah. this this, mm. uh, this time. And look, I'm not saying me. Obviously, I would love to do one of these things, but actually, my style is to get on with people, but to ask the tough questions. And I think that, they, that it's okay to be like that. And I don't think anyone's going to go, oh, he wasn't very nice. But at the same time, they're not going to say, oh, he he gave him a little fireside chat. I think it sort of depends, doesn't it, Boyd, on the session. Yeah. And I went to see Russell T. Davies talking to Sally Wainwright yes. yesterday. That was brilliant, yeah, I thought, great, because great. even though Russell probably talked twice as much as she did, mm. she's obviously a very shy person yeah, yeah. who actually, if she was grilled, just wouldn't react at all. Totally. Uh, you're absolutely right. That was a brilliant session, and it was by far the best of all of the kind of talent-talking-to-talent talent sessions we've had. And they are friends. They've known each other for, like, decades. But I thought it was a really... I think they... they the thing is, they knew, even though they were mates and they're kind of talking about each other's careers and it was a celebration of her being brilliant, that they had to keep it entertaining for us and informative, and they absolutely did. So it was like a double thing. You're watching... A privilege to watch a conversation between two brilliantly talented people, creative people, which, for me, was what the whole thing should be about. I'm actually not that bothered about issues. I never have been here. That's why I found that a bit boring. I, I want to see two people mm. talking about making good TV. That's mm. what I like about it. So that was brilliant. But then I watched the Brian Singer... Peter Rice one. So Brian Singer, one of the best, well, certainly one of the high-profile film directors in the world, and also makes good TV. And Peter Rice is Peter who? Rice is the head of Fox know. channels right. yeah. globally, and they've known each other for 20 years similarly, and it was terrible. It was like two mates mm. kind of trying to make jokes about stuff that only really they thought was funny, and, you know, it was such a waste of this, you know, huge, big star of directing and a very powerful man in TV. It was terrible, honestly. And I thought that was the, the downside of doing the kind of cosy chat type thing. It needed a host. It needed someone mm. to pin them down and try. And you're right, I agree with Tom. I think the one that like the controller sessions, I'm doing one in, in oh, an hour's time with Cassie and the head of BBC4. And there's things to ask him, you know, there's things that like, you know, that train journey thing, that um, train spotting thing that was on the front page of the sun because it was old footage, mm-hmm. you know. So I will be asking him about that, but I'm not going to go, you, you, you know, you lied to us, you know, I'm not going to like attack him like some mm-hmm. lunatic. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask him in a, in, a, in, a, in a perfectly social way, sociable, normal, conversational way what happened. And he will, I'm sure, give me an answer. So I think it's just a case of you have to, yeah, you do have to ask the right questions in those kind of sessions but not in a very faux you know confrontational I think that's absurd but the organisers should be looking and thinking we want this to be one that resonates in the wider world I think they should have the big I think I agree with totally about the soap thing I think they should definitely be reflecting popular mainstream TV in every sense and that should be the focus and it is incredible they don't have a, a thing about soap you're absolutely right but in terms of like what, are, what issues are there I mean you know without John Whittingdale that gigantic doofus you know ruining everything <laughs> who cares what, what, you know what kind of big political I don't know what there are so it's almost like what, what would they talk about in terms of that sense of politics maybe diversity always is an issue but at least everyone seems to be doing something about that now. Mm, that has come up mm. uh, actually on the point about soaps and going back to Russell T Davis and Sally Wainwright they had an interesting conversation yeah, they they thought, about, it, yeah. about yeah, yeah. Uh, how they'd learn their craft by working on children's ward yeah. um, which basically was a soap for young people wasn't it um, and that uh, someone from the audience asked a question should we have the writing room model that we have in the US here in the UK and Russell pointed out well we do and it's called Coronation Street and it's mm. the biggest show on television yeah. but everyone in this room doesn't bloody watch it mm. and there is that divide isn't there between the people who are actually watching the telly and the people here who are making it and talking about well, it well I think this is, this, uh, is an example in high mindedness this place uh, you get people coming in and chin, stroke, uh, chin stroking rather than necessarily thinking about what is popular among you know normal everyday people who watch the telly 
more Edinburgh banter in just a moment. But first, let's take a break to find out who is on Media Masters this week with Paul Blanchard. Let's spin that wheel. We paid for the sound effect, so we might as well use it again. Uh, It's landed on Carla Sozenko, the editor of Time Out New York. Let's hear a clip. And so, yeah, once I was in the magazine world, again, I don't I don't think I could do this at 39, which is how old I am now. But when I was in my late 20s, you know, on the copy desk, I would sometimes be there, especially when I was promoted to managing editor, because I was simultaneously managing editor and still on the copy desk. So there were days I would go in at 10 a.m. and not leave until 3 a.m. Wow. And it was it was a long day. And then we'd have Tuesday off and I'd walk around like a zombie. And that's the day you do all your errands and stuff like that. But yeah, I once I was in it, I was kind of sure that I'd landed in the right place and, and was no longer really questioning my path. Carla Sozenko there talking to Paul Blanchard on the latest edition of the Media Masters series on the Media Focus podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your shows. Okay, folks, the time has come. Let's talk about the McTaggart, the keynote lecture this year by Shane Smith, the CEO of Vice Media. In a speech that predicted a bloodbath of consolidation in the industry in the next year, with Vice cash-rich to take advantage, he rallied against traditional broadcasters for not addressing the issues that faced young people today. Along the way, he championed artists like Grayson Perry uh, and the producer James McTaggart, after whom the lecture is named, for making work that appealed to people outside the mainstream. Let's hear one of the few clips where he doesn't drop an F-bomb. The spirit of McTaggart and the spirit of this lecture is the same spirit of Grayson Perry. All of us going out there need to change the world. There's a revolution going on in media, and it's scary, it's fast, and quite frankly, it's going to be ugly. But it's also necessary to keep going forward to change things, because that's what we have to do. Change has never been so important, never so crucial, especially in media. Okay, so we're coming out of the uh, Shane Smith McTaggart. I must admit, I'm rather confused. Uh, Oh, bracing fresh air as we leave the Edinburgh Playhouse. Uh, Here are the thronged masses. Let's find out what they thought. I thought he was going to come and just try and give... Uh, UK terrestrial television are kicking he didn't I thought the values that he was espousing towards the end were very traditional journalistic values about telling good stories telling important stories to as big an audience as possible and I really applaud him for that I, I suppose if, if Shane Smith's going to give me 10 million to make something that sounds great that was very promised wasn't it to everyone in the room yeah he's going to give a random 23 year old 10 million to yeah that makes you hang your head in shame a little bit and it makes you panic because you're not making the kind of programmes he says you should be making? Because I'm turning down those sort of programmes as a distributor. It also makes you panic about the US takeovers and the mergers at the beginning. Fucking awesome! Why? Because Shane Smith is an absolute legend and he gets young people. He delivers very well. It was very comical. He knows his audience. And I just thought it was freaking badass. Very much enjoyed it. It was incredible. It was really inspiring, especially the way he singled out the Ones to Watch scheme and the network. And it's really nice to know that Vice are championing um, just young people and their perspectives of the industry. Well, in the cold, harsh light of day, we assembled media writer Maggie Brown and business insiders Jake Cantor 
Mediapod favourites, to hear what they made of the McTaggart and the Q&A session held later with Jay Hunt. Here's Maggie. Well, actually, I really rather agreed with uh, Kevin Ligo, who said he was almost odious. Um, I didn't actually like his style of uh, delivery, uh, theatrical though it may have been. Um, He seemed to be sipping quite a lot of liquids and both trying to be sort of elderly hip and kind of, I don't know, misjudging his audience, I think. He clearly has got a really interesting business story to tell. But what I thought was strange was that he seemed to think that in Britain, you know, we didn't really try and attract younger people to serious things like news and current affairs. And I quite agreed, actually, with what I think was quite a disdainful reaction uh, by the uh, main people who uh, head up our own British broadcasters, that actually uh, we have a lot of very serious programming on, I, I'm not just uh, the Channel 4 news end of things, and a lot of uh, exploration of uh, terrible stories in the world through things like Unreported World and Panorama, etc., etc. What I couldn't believe were the clips he showed, which were just of him and Obama or him and, you know, famous scientists. And I thought, well, you know, come on, uh, this is really not about self-promotion, but it is. And he's just said it now in there that he's over here because really that's what he wants to do. He wants to build up his channels here and, you know, his, his pr- the profile, which, of course, inevitably involves him. Just like this, on that point about his narcissism, <laughs> there's an inherent contradiction, isn't there, between saying give 23 year old cameras get them to direct get them to make the features that they know their generation want and then to illustrate what you're talking about showing a clip of you a man in what his 50s i presume talking to another man in his 50s albeit the president okay, i don't that's know so, i don't know if it's narcissism or it's conceit or vanity or it's just it's you not know, a 23 year old is it uh no it's, it's not, not a, vibrant programming for young and, people and also it? i mean let's face it too that a lot of the kind of clicks for vice are actually clickbait and they are not necessarily about these tough things on the other hand i agree with raw rough immersive journalism there's nothing wrong with that i just actually kind of slightly didn't like the way in which he presented himself maybe he underestimated the audience as maggie said and he just got it wrong he didn't account for the fact that the bbc and sky and itv do great things in this country that vice does in north america or maybe actually this was a deliberate attempt to reach north america and not the people who are in the room listening at all i agree with a lot that maggie is saying i think I mean, he started as a salesman and he's over here to do a sales job. So uh, if he had one eye on America, you know, making sure that the brand is still at the forefront of people's minds over there as well as over here, then he's probably uh, in some way achieved that because he's got plenty of headlines out of this festival. The whole thing left me a bit cold, I think. For a man who tells stories for a living, his speech was a mess. Uh, There was no narrative. There was no coherent message. And I think it lost a lot of its potency as a result of that. I think people are quite confused about why he's here and what he wants. I mean, if you hadn't ever watched Vice, I'm not sure you really understood any more about it by the end of his speech than you did at the beginning. So even as a sales job, I'm not, I'm not sure you really... Yeah, he was sort of trading on the basis that everyone was talking about Vice as the hip, cool brand. But actually, there were probably quite a lot of people well, you in the might, room who just wanted to know pre- about you it. You might presume that he is the face of Vice and... It is a channel built around him. Uh, I mean, Jay Hunt pulled him up on that in the Post McTaggart interview. And he said, well, actually, uh, sometimes I parachuted into these big interviews because uh, the person being interviewed actually wants me to do that. Uh, And uh, my contribution uh, accounts for a tiny, tiny percentage of our output, which is mainly made by 
you know, 25-year-olds. I don't think it generated anything like the headlines that he probably hoped for, certainly here. I mean, if you don't pre-release your speech and you don't understand uh, how national newspapers actually develop the debate, then, you know, he really missed out big on that. And I don't have any real sense that there's a great echo chamber around this speech. Maybe I'm just sort of, uh, for various reasons, not completely in touch, but it didn't seem to me to be a speech that had a huge amount of legs. I think for the younger people in the audience, maybe they appreciated it a bit more because um, as I heard them coming out and I walked straight into the grandees of television, it was clearly two sets of people um, who were hearing it. And basically, I think the older or more experienced or successful or involved you are in British broadcasting or television, which is what really this is about, then it got chillier and chillier, this reception, as she went up the status scale. One good thing that comes out of this, which actually, it just shows you that there is a sort of a disconnect between the cultures of North America and America and here. And also that, we, I mean, I, I do know this because I, I travel to America when I have my, my daughters living in, in California and I go quite a bit. And you, and you do sense that there's a lack of serious reporting. I mean, the Fox News phenomenon has really, uh, you know, you could say tainted American uh, journalism although it's it's that there are still strong newspapers but there's definitely that's also what he's partly uh, he's filling in a gap there over in America. He also got a very easy round of applause it seemed to me one of not many that he got but he did get a very easy round of applause by calling shows like The X Factor I think I'm right in saying vacuous vapid shit was the quote Uh, I mean that's just a bit easy isn't it I mean of course it's true that there are people watching Vice who don't watch TV it must also be true that there's plenty of them that watch The X Factor and watch programmes about drugs on Vice but uh, you see that on the other hand though you know I mean the first session I came to at the start of the festival on Wednesday morning was um, the ITV Digital uh, presentation with uh, the the new controller, Rosemary Newell. And what is everybody talking about here? ITV2 has had a huge hit with the second uh, series of Love Island, which uh, has obviously put the Frighteners on uh, Big Brother or Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, So I think actually that there has been a kind of odd skewing here where a lot of the talk is also... uh, We were all very interested after all, we were not, to hear Jay Hunt this morning say, that there would be a second series of Naked Attraction, which has certainly, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows on Channel Four at this moment in time. It's not made, all it's raised. It has, that's not all it's raised. No, it, it, but there isn't a balancing what you might call very public service series of acclaim, critical acclaim going on just right now. So uh, there will be, of course, because they've got new dramas and everything. The autumn starts, but you can see that that there has been a sort of quite an interesting celebration too of Love Island going on, mm. all aimed at the sort of, you know, 16 to, well, under 30s, really. Okay, well, on that point, Jake, uh, imagine, if you will, that you are Lisa Campbell. I know you spend a lot of your career fantasising about that very thing. Uh, you're <laughs> framing... you horrified to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you're framing next year's McTaggart. Who would you bring in? Would you go for another digital disruptor, or would you think, enough already with that, let's get someone in from ITV or Channel 4 and, and do a proper speech that's been released to Maggie Brown the night before? I did, not the night before, but, I mean... You know, you have to be fair to journalists. If you're actually releasing some selected thoughts in the morning, but you're not sure that that's the speech, how can any proper newspaper 
uh, really, or, or, or yeah. website, report it with any great sense of confidence because you don't have the full text. That's all people are saying. It's a perfectly good point because the McTaggart is what it is. You know, 40 years of tradition. It, some of the best uh, brains in, in, and, and creatives in television have, have, have uh, done this. So it, we shouldn't be too shocked by the, by the presence of No, I'm not sure that. it was a serious point to take. Would you be booking someone from, you know, would you be booking the controller of BBC World? I'd book Roger Ailes. <laughs> the uh, ousted chief of Fox News. And apparently now Donald Trump's uh, advisor and no, speechwriter really? and all the rest of it, yeah. I don't know. That's so, so they say. That, that would get a few headlines, I think. <laughs> and also, along as part of his speech, Shane Smith did play in clips from the media show. Uh, Maggie, how would you feel if this gets clipped up and used in Shane Smith's next presentation and he tears well, apart I, your analysis? I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, you know, I, I would have thought... Uh, a bit of uh, sort of straightforward reactions. Everybody, everybody's entitled to give it. You know, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been booked. I mean, I, I'm not as, as, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't have had him over here. It's just in. I, in fact, it's useful to be exposed to such a, a person. I, I was, I was interested. You know, and I couldn't believe why he kept on saying, "Come on, Scotland." I mean, what was all that about? That was alcohol. <laughs> I thought no, I, I I thought it was a really good booking actually. I agree. By uh, the way, I thought it was a good booking. Yeah. I just actually found it awkward to watch. But yeah, I didn't, and didn't, quite, learn didn't quite live up to uh, the billing, unfortunately. Well, back with me now are Boyd and Tom. It is time for the Boyd Hilton McTaggart rant. Uh, <laughs> what did you think? First of all, it was a shambles because you know he started off what you know drunk slash whatever you know it's just kind of like just seemingly it just wasn't that's not funny anymore is it you know like trying I mean it was almost like a parody of its own self to show off how edgy vice is that he's kind of this shambolic figure um and then but to, to lecture the British TV industry on like you know oh we're doing covering LGBT issues on vice oh my god hold oh, sorry mate well I was watching gay time tv about 30 years ago on BBC two <laughs> and queer as folk and you know, British TV has a great history of dealing with LGBT issues it's almost like we've gone beyond that now we just you know it's just a part of it always has been part of British TV so I'd say my, my adult life so I just thought for him to lecture us on that kind of thing and like to, as if like British TV doesn't deal with the environment and I mean there's stuff on channel four for example rightly made channel of the year every single day that is edgier than anything I've seen coming up on the Viceland channel and anything you're going to get on his effing website. So it's just like, it just none of it to me made the slightest don't just, bit of Don't sense. just drop F-bombs into be rock and roll, Boyd. Oh, That's very no, personal. All right, shame. I just thought it was absolute <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> um, to show clips of himself. I just found it distasteful that he seems so pompous and showy-offy about how much money they've got, how rolling in cash they all are, and yet they pay their journalists so incredibly poorly, and they send off kids to war zones, because that's what you do, rather than someone like a proper news organisation that will be rigorous you know, you don't, you don't just send off people to, to do things, you make sure it's all proper practice and things like that. I just think that they don't treat their journalists particularly well you know, and, and he talks about share prices that they get and he needed to be careful for, with what he sells because they've all got share schemes but they're all paid a pittance to live in New York. And, and they, are they not there was the whole unionisation controversy wasn't there about his journalists here in this country I mean I don't know the ins and outs but there was definitely dodgy things going on. Can I just say I, would like, I mean I think Vice thought 
the website, I think the main Vice websites, including the whatever the music one is, I, I mean, I have some brilliant writers and brilliant articles. I don't know how much the, the, the kind of star writers get paid. I think they get paid more than your standard. What, what, what have you heard in terms of what people well, get Well, when the News of the World shut and I went freelance, it was I thought Vice is something I'd quite like to get into. It's just they'll do the sort of articles that I actually would really like to write. Uh, and I went to them, had a meeting and sat down with them and uh, suggested some stuff. And they said, yeah, we like those ideas. And I said, how much do you pay? And they said, uh, oh, £100 an article. And you have to source your own photos. So actually, if it, some of these articles are quite involved, that's more than a day's work. So that's £100. Maybe you could be £50 a day. Well, I mean, even the Sun's day rate is 130 quid. And I just thought, I can't work for you for that. And, and they seem to think, well, yeah, but you published in Vice. Well, that's not, that's not acceptable, because then it's a race to the bottom. And I actually wanted to ask this question. It, there was no questions from the floor during the Q&A with Jay Hunt. She asked once if there was a question from the floor, and I wasn't ready yet. I wanted to write it down to make sure I was asking it properly. And when I then I went and sat in the middle, and I kept my hand up the whole way through, and I had oh. a woman behind me with a baton, you know, and she just read questions from the app, and none of, and she didn't come back to the floor. And actually, my question would have been: if you value your journalism so highly, and that people want to pay billions of pounds to, to invest in you, why don't you value your journalists higher? And Jay Hunt said at the Channel Four dinner, she said that he hates journalists. I, mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but. He runs a journalistic organisation. It's crazy. And, and the fact that they pay so little is, in, is, is horribly indicative of that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There is still, though, plenty of time for our bumper edition of the Media (laughs) Quiz. This week it's entitled Press Release Me, Let Me Go. There are plenty of commissions announced during the festival, but can you guess which talent said these quotes from their releases? Best of four, you buzz in with your name when you know the answer, so Boyd, you will say... Boyd. And Tom, you will say... Tom. Here's question number one. Rarely have I relished the thought of doing a show as much as this. I love, love, love everything about it, especially the fact they will get to witness the amazing talents Tom. of this Robert Tom. Shane Ward. That? Not Shane Ward. Ah, oh, I've got it wrong. Shane Smith. <laughs> it is neither Shane Ward nor Shane Smith. <laughs> Shane Lynch. I'm obsessed with Shane Ritchie. <laughs> 
<laughs> Someone called Shane. Shane on me. Boyd, it's your point. Who who said that in a press release about a forthcoming new show they're involved in? Dawn French. It was Dawn French talking about ITV's new show, Little Big Shots. Can you believe I actually read these press releases? I can, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I really can, Boyd. Yeah. I mean, you work for a weekly print <laughs> publication. You've got time. True. Um, what is Little Big Shots? It's a game show involving little kids. Yeah, that's not a, it's, it's not a bonus point. It's an American format that's but, really yeah. hit in America. Anyway. My mate works on it. It sounds oh. terrible. Oh, oh does nice. it? I mean, no, not, not so from loyal. what he tells me, but, so uh, but from what I've surmised from what he told me. Here's quote number two. I'm delighted to be playing a character as colourful as Farage. He's a gift to parody, and I'm looking forward to bringing previously unseen aspects of his life to the screen. Who said that? The funny thing is, I've got, got that press name, release. Name. I don't know. But you don't I, know your name. No, I know my name, Boyd, but I got the press release about the Farrell show, but I didn't even look who was playing him. Well, given that you're doing everything else at this festival, is <laughs> it you, Boyd? It's not me. There were two impressionists that were here at the festival. Oh, Anthony McGowan. Them. It's, not, it's not him, it's the oh, other one. Who's the other one? John Coleshaw. <laughs> no. Oh my God, who's the other one? <laughs> Rory Bremner. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Bishop. Kevin, is Kevin doing it? Playing Nigel wow. Farrell. Oh, Kevin, Kevin was on my session of the Porridge session because he's the star of Porridge. Okay. Oh, that's annoying. I think he'll be good. Apologies, he Kevin. He was certainly good in. He's great. Um, in, uh, was he Barry Earn in, uh, in yeah, that, in that snooker program? Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. good. That's good. I mean, he doesn't really like him, but. No, he doesn't. But, yeah, okay, all right. People Whereas McGowan does. They could have had McGowan. I'm actually nervous about a satire. About Nigel Farage. I know. I think actually. Do you need one? It's all a bit of a satire. Well, exactly. It's just going to be cheap jokes, isn't it? That's what I'm worried about. Cheap jokes that come from a liberal media elite. Like hacks about the news of the world's hacking scandal on Channel 4, which was dismal. (laughs) That was terrible, wasn't it? Was it? Okay. It was terrible. I never saw it. So, Boyd, one point to you. Tom, no points to you. No. But it's still all to play for. Here's question number three. We're building on our successes with high quality commissions that increase the breadth, range, and appeal of our homegrown programming. Tom. Yeah, any of them. Any TV commissioner could have said all that. of them. But who was it? <laughs> Building on high quality is probably the giveaway there. It's someone who perhaps isn't associated with high quality ordinarily. Oh, Channel Five. Yes, it was. Yeah, I ben did Frow. sort of give you that point, yeah. but yes, it was yeah. Channel Five controller Ben Frau on a new season of natural history programs on wow. the channel. Natural history benefits. Who, who, by the way, who, by the way, <laughs> dinosaurs on the stage. Who, by the way, Ben Frau said that Graham Norton should be paid more, as if anybody in the country is going. You know what? <laughs> You know that Graham Norton, he does a sterling job. I think he deserves more money. Uh, Channel 5 are doing okay, though, aren't they? Oh, I mean, he's, they've done, it. He's done a great job of um, totally, um, you know, creating a, a channel that does really well commercially. And they, and they certainly serve a kind of an interesting market, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean they've even stopped. I, I, didn't go to, I didn't go to his session, but they've even actually stopped having benefits programs every single week. Yeah. Uh, like they did for about two years. <laughs> Actually, I mean, Tom, you were talking about sort of tabloid news stories. I and mean, mm. Channel 5 is actually a good example, isn't it, of, of basically catering to that tabloid audience, but they've done it now in a way that doesn't feel sensational and does feel a bit more calmed down than it used to. Yeah, I think so, although it's, it's wall-to-wall Big Brother, isn't it? Yeah. So that's sort of well, tabloid. When we went Big Brother's on, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just always. <laughs> but apparently not. They're going to do other things. That's yeah. what they say. That's yeah. what Ben Fry said. Uh, here's question number four. Uh, it's not all to play for, Boyd's one anyway, but, that's you know. What? Here it is. It's great to be back on ITV. There's a clue there. With an Tom. Old, yes. Harry Hill. Yes. Yes. Thank well you. Done. Very good. I'll yeah. finish the quote. With an all-new format that finally tackles the problem of an imminent and prolonged war with space aliens <laughs> by proving to them that us humans are really a lot of fun to hang out with. 
Uh, can you? I mean, it does sound terrible, um, but I'm hoping that Harry Hill's behind it. It won't be. Well, I'm the only person in the world who liked his revival of um, Stars in Their Eyes. No, there was me too. Oh, oh yeah. two of us. There we go. <laughs> so he can do no wrong for me. Yeah, but he's got a big Sky Show as well coming up, hasn't he? So he's going to be a busy man. He has. I saw that being advertised on a big yeah. billboard here, but yeah. I didn't take note of what Which it was. Which is funny because the reason he quit uh, ITV in the first place doing his TV book because it was so work intensive, yeah, yeah, and now yeah. he's uh, taking on two shows. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. different levels of work there, isn't it? Do you know what this show is? It, it's Harry Hill's Alien Fun Cat. <laughs> Any ideas? Yeah, no, basically they take it's a panel show with you know like plebs, I think, and uh, and and they decide on records or when you clips. Do you mean or... sun readers? What are you talking about? No, I mean <laughs> I mean the normal people like myself, Steady. boys. Uh, you know, not celebrities, which is which is, uh, which is very Boyd different. Hilton, which is very warmly different confrontational. To, which doing is very different to a, pa- a panel show usually on ITV right, where it's I all see. celebrities. I think it's going to be normal people uh, where they select videos or clips or something to put into a time capsule in case we are obviously. Uh, ever invaded by aliens. That's right. The format is, over a series of rounds, the two teams of two present Harry with fun stuff, which Harry must adjudicate on and ultimately decide what's in and what's out of the fun capsule with the triumphant team winning bragging rights. With, with special guests, probably all from James Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Cynical to the end. Yeah, absolutely. Literally the yeah. end. Uh, that is it. Boyd Hilton, you've won. Thank you. In your own quiet fashion, you managed to get more points than Tom. Tom, it was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much. I think I've, James, I've just ruined my chances of ever being represented by James Grant. You certainly have. Was that a serious consideration? <laughs> no. <laughs> but you never know where things might go. You, you never know. Uh, that's it. Uh, thank you to you. If you're new to the show, hi there. It's good, isn't it? We do this every fortnight. So if you want the latest media news delivered to you in a gossipy behind-the-scenes fashion from the Hospital Club, then subscribe, for goodness sake. Go to themediapodcast.com slash listen, and all the links are there for Pocket Casts, for Acast, for iTunes, even for RSS if you're a nerd. Basically, your podcast app of choice carries this show, so please subscribe and you'll get the new episodes whenever they appear, including bonus episodes coming up, folks, with our favourite sessions from this year's TV festival. So go and subscribe now, vmediapodcast.com slash listen. Uh, And as you're now up to date with us, why not get inspired by another podcast as well? Our friends at the Media Focus podcast. The latest episode of Media Masters on there with Carla Sozenko. The producer of this show is Matt Hill. The Media Podcast is a PPM production. I've been Ollie Mann. Until next time, bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.